0: sugar. Yeah. <laughs> Hi, this is Michelle Keenan and you're listening to the Radically Selfish podcast. Radically Selfish is a movement. It's a personal revolution. And so I'm talking to women that have personally revolutionized their own lives and taken back the definition for what it means to be happy, healthy and to do things their own way. Fuck what society tells you to do. You get to live the life that you want. Today I'm talking to the amazing Sahar Sikander, a multidisciplinary artist, creative strategist, and community facilitator. We're getting deep today, talking about how healing became her all-consuming mission and almost drove her broke. And she even shares with us how we can learn to channel God through writing. I learned a lot from this conversation and I'm so excited to share it with you. Listen in. Okay. Hey, everybody. Welcome to this episode of the Radically Selfish Podcast. And today I have Sahar Sikander with us on the show. And as I always like to do, I like to put my amazing guests on the spot. So I'm going to ask you, Sahar, can you introduce yourself, give us the overview of like who you are, what you're working on, what's going on in your life now so that our listeners
1: can get to know you better? Sure. Thank you for having me, Michelle. I'm excited to chat with you. So I am a photographer primarily these days and also have been expanding my work into other disciplines that I've been revisiting, such as writing and community facilitation. My photography work, it's interesting because I feel like there's a certain segment of people, mostly people that know me, quote unquote, in real life, that know me as a photographer for the close to decade I've been in New York. And my Instagram community, I would say, knows me more so as a writer or a poet. So different people might know me for different things. And yeah, I'm really working on expanding more into my writing in different aspects. And I've probably for the last 10 plus years, been on a multi-layered healing journey, which very much has informed my life and the current kind of medium-term expansion that I've been exploring with my work. So to really sum it up, I'd say that I see myself working in various uh, various ways, the intersection of art, culture, media, healing, and social impact. So that could be me, creating my own creative projects me creative directing or producing envisioning bringing on other creators onto projects it could be creating spaces both on and offline it could be consulting of some sort whether creatively or strategically or a little mix of both it could be me holding community discussions it could be a lot of different things and because it can be so many different things the exploration journey is rich and vast. And so really figuring out where, how to precisely encapsulate the vastness that I'm trying to contain and put that into words that both I and other people can understand is quite an undertaking and why I get pretty nervous and like Little anxiety with um, intros, but there it is.
0: (laughs) Well, okay, I'm glad you said that because I also had like anxiety and nervousness about introducing you too because you're so many different things, and you know, we're all so many different things. It's just in this day and age, like in terms of brands and being a personal brand and like being digestible so people can like understand who we are. We can get so much pushback from society or like so many messages about like be clear or like be one thing or like what's your one offering. And so that was one of the reasons that I was excited to have you on and to talk to you because you're doing so many things and you're doing them so well and in like such a high quality way that it's been really inspiring for me. Like even to look at your Instagram that it's not only just beautifully curated, but it's full of so many different examples of the type of creativity that you're capable of and like your healing work that you're doing and the other projects that you're part of. And you just found this way like for people to really connect with you, even though it might be hard for them to wrap their minds around like the one essence of, who you really are. So for me, my own personal question mm-hmm. is like, how do you do that?
1: <laughs> how do I convey who I am and what I do to other people?
0: Yeah. And just get them to, uh, or, or connect with people in all of these different like facets and ways, right? Like you're not only a poet, you're not only a photographer, you're not only a facilitator, like you're not only a Qigong instructor, like you're all of these different things and you're doing all these amazing projects. Like how do you keep all of these boats afloat and do it so
1: well. Thank you very much. That's a huge compliment. I really appreciate that. I would say I would probably answer that in a few parts, but the matter of conveying and trying to translate all these different parts of me to people, I don't think that is a concerted effort. I'm conscious that that's happening, but really where all the different parts of me are coming from are me. So it's really allowing myself to exist as me and to not succumb to or wither against the pressure of the forced societal mold that you're talking about. So really how those things happen is just that they happen because it's me being true to me. An example of that is I wouldn't even say a love hate. I've had like a dislike, annoyance, hate relationship with Instagram. Most of my time on Instagram, I probably joined it early on, maybe 2012. I can't remember. And I'd post and then I wouldn't you know for months or weeks or even years and then I'd post and I've like blown up my Instagram a bunch of times and initially I was posting just like a bunch of shitty food photos and just whatever I wanted and then very quickly it became clear that as a professional photographer my peers were using it as a gallery and a portfolio and what you're mentioning about personal brand when you're especially a solo freelance entrepreneur you're forced to make yourself your brand. And so I knew that if I was going to be using Instagram, really, I was going to have to make it another work thing, which I hated. So, you know, after many iterations and Instagram blowups, then I came, I had really deep spiritual, personal healing year in 2016. And I had on and off written these little snippets on Twitter and Facebook and they were just words, you know, they're little things that would land in my brain or you could call them downloads or whatever. I didn't really see them as such until that point. And I was like, you know, I want to honor these more. And I've been had an intention to do that for some years. I was like, maybe I'll make a little book, even if it's just for me of all these little insights that I have. And I was like, you know what, I'm just going to do it. And so one afternoon I just, you know, I was like people make these little meme square things and I'll just put words in a box and put it on Instagram and, I just did it that same day and then I kept doing it and I was like, fuck it. I'm not putting any photographs. It's just going to be all words. And so for like a few months I was just posting these word blocks and no photos, nothing. It was just one of those, just like, you know, Instagram poetry accounts, whatever you see, it's all just words and quotes and whatever. And people were like, are you writing these? Like what? <laughs> I just did not give a fuck. I was like, this is what I feel like doing. I don't care if people are confused. So I give that little story and anecdote to say that how those things happen again is just that they happen and it's all coming down to the core of being me and then other people figure out. And it's funny, like I said, to the, it's my writing has become more of a focal point on Instagram to the point that most people know me on there. I only recently started including my professional photography work on there because... I'm forced to because people use Instagram as a business card and they won't even go to your website so in order to get hired and have photo editors and potential clients that I'm meeting or you know referring myself to over email they might not even I'll be like here's a link to my website and they'll go all the way to the bottom and probably just click on my Instagram you know so
0: yeah I had that confusion <laughs> when I think I started following you I was in your word jams so yeah. when you started posting photos then I was like Wait, what are these photos like? (laughs) The opposite thing. Like, are those her photos? Like, I knew you as a wordsmith, and I love your quotes. Like, I would think of them as downloads too. Like the one I'm looking at right now is "Becoming does not exist. You already are." And they're so powerful, and they're so eloquent, and they're so simple. Anyone that's listening, if this is your first time learning about Sahara, you really owe it to yourself to check out her Instagram and to check out her quotes and we'll definitely put some of your beautiful quotes on our the show page for yourself too. But you mentioned a couple times already your healing journey and what was going on for you in 2016. Would you be open to talking about it and sharing what was going on
1: for you? Sure. So, yeah, it started probably November December 2015. I had a very very close relationship where I experienced pretty deep betrayal and add to that for, at that point, maybe for a year or so. And at this point for a few years, I work with an energy worker weekly as one might a therapist. So we do a combination of talking and energy work. Sometimes it skews more one way or the other. Sometimes it's a blend of both. It's really how I am choosing to guide it. So I was in working with this person at this time too. And she made a point to say that this betrayal had triggered was actually this per- the person that I was impacted by was more so really a symbol for past life and ancestral really, really deep old pain that was triggered by this person. And so it was kind of like one of those things of like you're not just working through this, but you're working through really, really deep-seated old Conditioning and abuse patterns that you really need to unfold and transform in order to not call this pattern back into your life again. And for whatever reason, I was just so game for it. I mean, I think also because that relationship was a really significant relationship in my life that in and of itself was transformative. So when it hit the fan and especially in the unexpected way it did, it kind of unequivocally felt like it was for a reason and that I needed to pay attention. And so I don't know if it was like a full on sat myself down and made this intention, but a very quickly made an intention that I was going to go really hard in the paint with my healing with it. And It was, you know, unfortunately as healing can go with certain relationship traumas, you don't know how long it's going to take to heal. And it was extremely frustrating, but I was like, all right, well, I better buckle up and then like really, you know, solidify my commitment to this journey because it is going to be a long and arduous one. I can't start off shaky. I have to start off like really intent and focused and ready for whatever's coming. And so I kind of like a was trying to get at earlier made this intention that I was gonna make healing kind of like my full-time job
0: okay how do you do that and like how (laughs) do you decide like all right I'm gonna like go really hard and like really deep with this like that was just thoughts you were having or this is like in retrospect you realize this so that's
1: what I'm trying to like yeah retroactively articulate I'm not I'm a little fuzzy on like like I said, it wasn't a sit down, like, okay, this is what I'm doing for sure. I'm giving myself six months or whatever. And this is my job. But it was kind of like, I'm doing this and I'm going to do this all the way. And I think just naturally what that meant for me and how it unfolded, you know, hour to hour, day to day, week to week, month to month was like, it just became my full-time job, perhaps. I think there was like a small intention of like, if this is, there was a clear intention that this is the most important thing in my life right now, let me put it that way. And then it just kind of became my full-time job. And I then, and through awareness in those moments was like, well, I guess this is my full, you know, and so this is what it is.
0: So when you say full-time job, does that mean like you stopped taking on projects, you stopped like making income, like you just like went all the way with (sighs) this?
1: Yeah, that's especially why I say it because what I realized it was like, I went really, really hard for about seven months. And then in the time that proceeded were kind of like the aftershocks and ripple effects of it. So, you know, it took up most of 2016. And after I had kind of got my head out of water and looked back, I was incredibly broke. And I reflected on like, why the fuck that happened? And I was like, oh my God, I manifested brokenness because I realized that I consciously, but like not again with like really keen intent, but consciously and unconsciously was saying to myself, I don't want anything or anyone to bother me, including work. I was just like, I just can't be bothered. I need to put all my energy into this. So it was a full-time job in that extent, but it wasn't a full-time job to the extent that it was literally the only thing I was doing every day. Like I wasn't doing healing practices 24 seven, but like you could take it as 24-7 was an awareness of the practice, even if the practice wasn't happening, which one could argue is a practice in and of itself. So
0: as part of that, like, did your artwork flourish? Like, what was able to, or what was concurrently going on for you in that time? Like, you know, when we create intentional spaces in that way, so much newness can come, you know, and we can be so afraid of hitting rock bottom or having, like, to start over, but those are really places that are just like filled with so much treasure and possibility. So, yeah, you know, and I'm bringing that up specifically because many women that I've had on the podcast, they've had that breaking point or they've had that moment and myself included too. And it's been such a turning point in all of our lives. And a lot of the women that listen, or I mean, whatever, everyone has that kind of experience or something, but a lot of people are so afraid of it or think that they can't live through it or they don't necessarily understand
1: the power and the possibility of it. So could you speak Mm. to that for yourself? Yeah. It's interesting that you asked that question because that actually truly and very clearly for me. So before I answer that directly, just to give a bit more context, I was doing my own work you know, in my personal time, was doing my work with my energy worker. And then I went on to healing retreats in 2016 as well. I went on two weeks of a Qigong retreat in Asheville, North Carolina. And then I did my very first seven day long Vipassana in Western Massachusetts. And the Qigong retreat was in, I think, June. And so at that point, I was like six months already into really like up leveling my connectedness through my own work. So I went to this Qigong retreat, and it just blew kind of like wide open in terms of, certain like sensitivities and awareness with my energy and connectedness and then the meditation retreat which happened soon after really helped integrate that for me and open it up for me more so then you fast forward to august and i the little insights that i would get over time that i thought were just like little insights or just you know the flurry of my brain i quality and the type of insights and the kind of uh certain source connectedness I felt when I was getting the insights that I've always gotten for years. There was just, there was something different about them and there was a much more keen awareness of them. And so in August is when I started writing those blocks, you know, on Instagram, little, I call them like, cause I don't know what to call them. I call them like poem quote thingies. Cause I was like, they're quotes. And then some people like their poems and some people like their aphorisms. I'm like, whatever you need it to be. So that's what it birthed. It birthed a lot of self-awareness, and then by association, almost inherent, are inextricably connected with that, an awareness of the mass consciousness in a way. And so I started looking again at these downloads I was getting as downloads and as a bit more significant that something that was happening with my, you know, individual mechanical mind consciousness, but coming from a vast consciousness and really looking at it as service. So really artistically, what it birth was like the whole thing that's on Instagram with words right now.
0: Yeah, I love that. I find like a lot of times when I'm working with my clients or when I'm in my women's groups, a lot of the stuff that like I'm teaching them or talking to them about ends up just being reminders for myself and things that I needed to like hear too. And it's so amazing. That's why I love connecting with other people and working in this kind of deeper way because it always reminds me that like, yeah, my experience is part of a universal experience, like that we're all going through those things, maybe not at the same moment or maybe not with the same like details of the story, but when we're in pain or when we're suffering or you can call it learning, it can be so easy to isolate ourselves or to think like, oh, it's just me or this is my burden to bear alone. And that's actually one of the reasons why I like social media as much as all mm. these love-hate relationships. I feel like when you can use it in a way like you do, it can be very connective and community building and such a great reminder to, to other people that like we're going through this universal experience together and we can help each other. Yeah. So those downloads (laughs) I'm so curious like are they happening like in the moment based on something that you're going through or when you say download like sometimes you'll just get like a totally random message from the universe and you'll be like I have to share this like how do you know when it's like shareable wisdom or without like getting down on yourself and being like that's not good enough or like that's not interesting like how do you just let all
1: that flow out of you? Yeah so it's interesting again, probably can look at that in a couple different ways. So at times a bit of a dance between the conscious mechanical mind and allowing the dance with the subconscious and source more on the download end. Sometimes it's more so coming from the mechanical mind and not as much of a download. Sometimes it's a confluence of the mechanical mind and the subconscious, and sometimes it's more straight up downloads. When it's straight up downloads, it feels the best for me because it's just unobstructed and how that looks like for me. So before I say that, actually, when I am working with a mechanical, more conscious mind in effectively crafting these or concocting or creating them consciously, what I've done to get over self-judgment, especially in the beginning, was treat it kind of like very close to how one might treat a free writing process. If you've ever taken a creative writing course or a, I don't know, just different types of writing courses. I remember they were somehow free writing was something I was taught several times in my just K through 12, like just public school experience. But it's a thing where actually there is an analogy to it or analog to it within the spiritual and metaphysical community which is called automatic writing have you heard of automatic writing okay so free writing is basically when you just start writing immediately you're sitting down in a class or by yourself and you just start writing whatever comes to mind it doesn't have to make sense and you're just writing and you're not judging it it's just whatever's pouring out of you right so would that be like the artist's way like morning pages or something like that i'm not familiar with that but perhaps okay. gotcha so, you let whatever's coming out just spill out. It doesn't have to make any sense. And I think it's just a way to create flow and get into that space of non judgment. In fact, the more you s- I haven't done formal free writing too much, but I imagine once you get into a certain place, then other things can potentially come out, or it's a warm up formal writing. Automatic writing, from what I understand, is more of a metaphysical concept of a way to um, channel and materialize downloads so but it doesn't have to be like oh a download's happening automatic right you can basically sit down it's more so comes from sitting down making the intention that i'm going to connect with my higher self or source and i'm just going to start writing whatever comes so it's very similar to free writing but more so with an intention of i'm going to let just wisdom flow through me through and not think about it and just write whatever i write that's Awesome. I never heard of that as a writing practice. Yeah, I haven't ever intentionally done it, though. Perhaps unintentionally, that's part of what I've been doing. So if you look at the archive of my poetry squares on Instagram, I've kind of hit a reset a few months ago, so I deleted a lot. So the archive actually sits on a Tumblr that's linked on my website, and it's called FreeWrite. <laughs> so I call I the title of that this whole writing series if I had to encapsulate into something is actually free right. So it's off of that notion. I was like, I'm a perfectionist, I'm a Virgo. So in a lot of ways I, you know, overdo it with the self-criticism or doting over shit. And so I was just like, I'm just gonna write this shit. And if it whatever. And it's gonna be a practice in self-love and non-judgment. So it was a very multi-layered practice for me to start putting writing them, putting them out there. And so I'm just like, I'm gonna put it out. And if it's not perfect, that's part of my practice and that's what I need. And so that's one part of it and then the download the more traditional download aspect of it which I still feel some hesitancy to even name it that because I have so many friends and peers in the spiritual and metaphysical communities and spaces that have had these like really like big, you know, experiences of connectedness or, you know, the metaphysical and the other realms or whatever you want to call them and I haven't as far as I would qualify them had anything major like that. So I'm like, is this a thing? It's like I was listening to a podcast several months ago, Buddha at the Gas Pump, and it's one of my favorite episode from it. And it's a recording of a panel at, I can't remember, some metaphysical conference. And they're talking about, is enlightenment direct or is it progressive i can't remember like might does have, it happen in a moment or does it happen over in time yeah they might have used another word for progressive but exactly what you said that was the gist of it or so the, which one is it <laughs> <laughs> well it was all over the place and everyone ultimately agreed that it can be both and so i use that to contextualize to say it's very highly clear to me that i have been handed the progressive enlightenment path mine is just very step by step by step by patience by patience by sitting with it sitting with it You know, a lot of humility where it's like all these people have like these fantastical experiences and I'm like, oh, not me, but I believe you. And so all of that to say, which is why I hesitate about this download thing, because it isn't this like event or like super cosmic cool thing. But how it occurs for me is that it's either like something just pops into my head out of nowhere or like a insight, so to speak, pops into my head out of nowhere or an insight often pops into my head when reflecting about something about life in general or about myself or ideas. Like my brain's a mile a minute and like 60,000 like things at once. I'm like, my brother was here a few weeks ago and I was like, oh yeah. So like, what about like dad when he was a kid, when he lived in the village, like something really random. And he was like, why are we thinking about that? I was like, Oh, that was one of a million thoughts I was thinking in the last minute.
0: Hmm. So <laughs> well, I think it's cool what it sounds like. I mean, cause we all have so many thoughts. What it sounds like is your writing practices that way to just like really hone in on one special thing in a moment. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that's really, I think it's just super cool. You know, we always forget I mean, forget, forget, like I was never taught that I could channel God or talk to God in that kind of way. And I think of enlightenment as a very like abstract concept or like, oh, you either, you either once you have it, like you have it. But what you're bringing up right now is like all these other ways that it could be all these other ways that we can like tap into it or that it's that we sometimes rely on these outside definitions for things, but that it's not necessarily like True, like enlightenment as just one concept can come in like very different ways. I wonder how many times we have thoughts, those of us that aren't you, and just don't even realize, like, oh, those are thoughts from God or those are like insane Mm -hmm. downloads. You know, it's so easy for us to dismiss them as not being important or not being relevant or wise. So that's really beautiful that you can do that and that then you can put it on the internet that you don't let like an insecurity get in the way or that you talk yourself out of like is this good enough like do you ever have imposter syndrome in that kind of way or the feeling of like I shouldn't or holding yourself to some kind of like impossible standard
1: like a lot of us do? I don't know if I have as much imposter syndrome with it as much as I battle with ego in regards to it. Sometimes I still won't post for months at a time because I feel like I haven't gotten a genuine download or any sort of sincere, you know, poignant, relevant thing that I've cracked, but on my own. And I'm like, I really want to honor the integrity of what I'm putting out there. And because, and so I think by holding myself to such a standard and, and not publishing shit to just publish it, because I know I could just pull shit out of my ass. And, you know, this sounds weird to say, but I could pull shit out of my ass and probably still get likes. And to be honest, probably more likes than I'm getting on certain things, because I feel like the types of things that I put out are a little bit more esoteric and intellectual and I find that a lot of times the average person's going to from like a mere analytical strategic standpoint if that's how it was going people tend to veer towards things that are a little bit more straightforward and easily palatable in terms of language and concepts so yeah, I really want to make sure that what I'm doing in terms of my writing is coming from a pure place and by stand sticking to that it really transcends me so imposter syndrome really isn't part of the equation. So what I do battle with ego is when I try to inject me into the equation. When I sometimes have felt the lure and the pressure of I should just put up some like whatever quotes and I'll get mad likes or I should just put up something regular to put up something so I'm consistent or so I'm like you know, not eroding my following because when you don't post for a long time, like whatever, you know, it's like how the metrics go, it can impact your... Body. I love that you're saying that because it's something that
0: I struggle with too. Like I yeah. should post something, like I need yeah. to post something. It would be good if I posted something. And the word that I keep hearing you say is like when I try to, right? Like, mm-hmm. and I think there's such a difference between pushing yourself and forcing yourself. And there's such like a a distinction between that and being like tapped into that so that you can, I guess, retain your purity. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So my experience with social media overall, it's very much a battle of the ego and from both sides of it, really the ego of grandeur and the ego of, you know, insecurity and self-deprecation. It's it really hits both sides of the ego. I hear that. And I think a lot (laughs) of people that, yeah, are listening
0: too, like that we all feel that. So I think really kudos to you for being an example of just like fighting the good fight against that, finding a way to like, also, and for anyone that's out there that's like wants to build their social media following and that like wants to build their brand, I think you're a really cool example of somebody that isn't succumbing to those pressures and isn't like gaming the algorithm and isn't like making sure to follow the rules or like be a brand that does one thing and you're still finding like all of this success and resonance just really being yourself. So everyone that's listening, it's totally possible. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you don't have to use a, a spam bot follower (laughs) to get the likes on Instagram and you don't have to be anything other than like who you really are and so I'm I'm honoring you Sahar for doing that and for being an example of that great well just to put you on the spot one more time and just to give your downloading brain an opportunity is there any one quote or poem that you wrote that is like your favorite or that's really resonating with you right now
1: (sighs) I actually I don't know if I have Really, many, if any, of them memorized. I'd have to really look through them to see. And even if I looked, I don't think that there would be one. I'm really, really bad at picking favorites with anything. The different ones are special for me at different times. And a lot of them really do come out of aha moments I'm having myself with my own journey and my own healing. And I don't really share that much because I kind of, when I put them out there, I want them to be kind of white labeled for anyone to use as they need to use for themselves. And I don't want to inject my own experience onto them too often. So to limit the scope of how they could be digested, but there, a lot of them are personal to moments that I've had with myself. So they're all special in different ways, really.
0: That's cool. I really respect that. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me, for giving us insight into your creative process, for really talking about all these different facets that make up who you are. Oh, and I just, we didn't even talk about your Qigong. Did you want to mention anything about that for anyone that's listening?
1: Sure. So I teach a Qigong workshop. It's two hours long at Heal House, H-E-A-L-H-A-U-S. That's in on Fulton Street in Clinton Hill, Brooklyn. It's a once a month uh, donation-based workshop, which means because sometimes donation-based stuff can make me uncomfortable too, because I still feel like I have to pay something or you know they're like shaking a bin at you at the end. Like it's not that. Like if you have nothing to pay every time, that's fine. If you do, that's great too and welcome and appreciated. So why I'm teaching those is I don't really intend to be a Qigong instructor in terms of a trade or a profession or a career. It's community service for me. I really believe in expanding access to the healing arts to marginalized communities and those that typically don't have access to it, effectively anyone that's not a white woman, basically. (laughs) So that's what that is. And it's also a really humbling practice for me in, learning to hold space and facilitate communities in different ways, which I do see my work um, expanding to in creative ways, TBD. So I would love folks to come. You don't have to have any experience at all. It's Qigong is an ancient Chinese practice uh, rooted in Chinese medicine. It can be a combination of breath, movement, sound, visualization, and there are thousands of practices that you can learn to cultivate circulate and clear your energy field. So it's basically learning how to do energy work on yourself. It's really cool. And it really changed my life.
0: That's awesome. And you
1: know, while you were talking in the beginning, I was like,
0: Oh, I didn't ask her how she went from going broke to like rebuilding herself. But I think the answer really became clear that so much of you is about giving, you know, Mm -hmm. and what we're putting out in this world, like, it'll always come back to us. And so I feel like, oh, I mean, I wanted to bring that up, but we don't even have Mm -hmm. to really go into it because you're really focused on on giving back and finding this way of doing it in ways that are like really fulfilling for you and that are nourishing for you. And when I think about the concept of radical selfishness, that's really what comes to mind is like when we can take care of ourselves, we're also taking care of Mm. others in this profound way. And it doesn't have to be like an either or. Right. Absolutely. I love that. (laughs) Great. Well, I will love to come to one of your Qigong classes sometime. Yeah, (laughs) I will do that with pleasure. Qigong is really a beautiful practice. I'm really happy you're doing that. Thank you so much for being on the show and for all the gifts that you keep putting out in the world. Yes. And we'll put links to everything that Sahara talked about on the show page. Uh, If you don't already follow her, make sure that you do on Instagram so that whenever she does decide to post, your feed can be blessed (laughs) with her creativity. And um, yeah, thanks for tuning into this episode and we will talk to you soon. Bye thank you so much, everyone, for tuning in. If this episode awakened something in you or inspired you in some way, please leave a rating and a quick and easy review. And of course, share it with someone that you love too. We'll see you next time where I'll be talking to another incredible woman who's doing her damn thing because, well, if you don't do you, then who will? Stay blessed, everyone.
1: about the wise a painted chapter of the life keep it in the style pattern customized Pen another phrase about the wise a painted chapter of the life keep it in the style pattern customized